Well, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's Thursday morning. And joining me from uh, New York City is Tim Bonteps. Hello, guys. How are we doing? Joining us back from vacation. God bless you, McMahon. Back from Bermuda. It's Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. I uh, realized I forgot to give a good old-fashioned howdy, partners. On last week's episode, I leave the country and lose my manners, but I'm back, boys. <laughs> We're all back for uh, the stretch run here. I'm in Phoenix, where uh, Kevin Durant is probably not going to play <clears throat> his first game on Friday night against the Thunder. Um, one thing about Durant, he's an expert at coming back from midseason MCL injuries. So while I'm sure it's in con- uh, contact with the Suns doctors and his own specialists, if Durant says he needs a certain number of days and he'll be back, you trust Durant because when he's come back from these injuries, both with the Warriors and then with the Nets, he was very good. The thing about Durant is he comes back from injuries very well, uh, the Achilles being the prime example. Um, but anyway, I am here to see and spend some time with the Suns. Got a little run-up towards a game next weekend in McMahon's backyard. I'm making my first trip to Dallas since pre-pandemic. Mm. Um Next Sunday, not this looking, Sunday is who the Mavs play the Lakers this Sunday, right? McMahon? The Lakers this Sunday. Yeah. So I got to deal with McMiniman this weekend and you next weekend. This is uh, right. <laughs> I need a bonus, a hospitality yeah. bonus. Vacation is over. <laughs> so uh, the Suns are building toward that game for the Durant uh, Kyrie reunion. Uh, we'll see how that, uh, how that actually goes. Um, but As we get started here, I mean, it's not the second half. I I see people talking about the second half. Most teams have 20 to 23 games left. It's the the last quarter. quarter. Yeah, Yeah. it's the last quarter. Um, So we're going to take a look at some things that are uh, of of great interest. And I'm going to start in a team we don't talk about enough, but we should. And that's the Denver Nuggets, who um, perpetually get overlooked. And I think they partially get overlooked, not just because in the West, they are dwarfed in interest level by teams like the Lakers and Warriors and even the Clippers and the Suns. But they also, they overachieved in 2020 um, when they reached the conference finals. They they pulled the comeback with the Clippers in the bubble. And Utah, remember, in the first Oh, yeah, of -hmm. course. Uh, (laughs) I can still remember Donovan Mitchell in a very tight game, I'm sure Donovan's not happy to bring this up, like walking the ball up the court and getting an eight-second call in the middle of a meltdown. I'll, I'll never forget that. It's one of the more amazing moments. Um, but yes, that was not a high point for the Jazz uh, uh, or the Clippers. So they had a great run there. Uh, and then Jamal Murray got hurt the next year, and it kind of put them into this time lock where we didn't really have a lot of expectations for him, even as Jokic is winning MVPs. So now look, um, they're, they're loaded. They're deep. They're in great position. Um, Michael Porter jr. Looks healthy. Jamal Murray looks really healthy. He is Mm -hmm. regaining the form that he has. Um, Their defense is better than it's, than it's really been on a regular basis. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, that pickup has been really good for them. McMahon, you Brown. Bruce Brown, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Bontemps is on this signing immediately. Yeah. I mean, Bontemps, you've gone so far as to say, I think publicly, that the switch out for Bruce losing Bruce Brown and bringing in Ben Simmons has been a disaster for the Nets, and it's been a boon for the Nuggets. McMahon, you pay attention to the Nuggets more than I think Tim and, uh, Tim and I do. Um, I actually is- can watch them on League Pass, unlike you. No kidding. I, I, I can through, watch like, Nuggets, course. unlike unlike like the six states that surround Denver, <laughs> <laughs> including right. the Denver metropolitan area. Listen, uh, I have difficulty watching the Thunder, um, and uh, so I'm going to a Thunder game. And uh, when I watched the Thunder play uh, against the Lakers two two three weeks ago, when LeBron mm-hmm. beat the record, uh, I was extraordinarily impressed with how excellent Jalen Williams, the perimeter mm-hmm. defender was I just hadn't get a chance to see him because of NBA league pass shenanigans. Um, and uh, it was just his eye opening. So I'm looking forward to watching him again tomorrow night. But anyway, McMahon, you uh, you've watched the nuggets a lot. It, it's sort of in your sphere. Um, this is the best chance they've had to win a championship 
I know that with Mello that they made the Western Conference Finals once, but I don't. Yeah, this George is George Carr. Yeah, George Carr would be that was a pretty competitive series. Yeah, no, they they had very good teams then. Mello at his peak was not a two-time, potentially three-time MVP. Um, look, the Nuggets are going to be the number one seed. They, they've got a five-game cushion with 23 games to go. They have the that really matters. They have the best home record in the NBA. They're 27 and four at home. Um, they didn't make look, they they didn't go trade for KD or Kyrie or you know, for better or worse, pick up Russ as a buyout guy. So they, they didn't make these massive splash type of moves that other teams uh, in, in the West playoff picture made. Um, but they addressed their biggest rotation weakness, which is the backup center. Even if it's eight minutes a game, you, 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 we've seen we've seen it with the Sixers. We've seen it with the Nuggets. We've seen teams that have these all NBA centers get sunk in the playoffs because they just are, have been so bad with those guys off the floor. I'm not saying Thomas Bryant is is a Hall of Famer, but he's at least a high quality backup big. So getting him he's better than work. DeAndre Jordan, as some people would say on the uh, spot. Well, I was going to be polite. I was going to be polite. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's an insult to Thomas Bryant to even make that comparison. <laughs> and listen, Reggie Jackson obviously has – his flaws or the, the Clippers wouldn't have let him go, but I think he's an upgrade over bones Highland. And this is a guy who has proven that he can perform in the playoffs. Look at his last taste, of the playoffs in 2021 with the Clippers, you know, basically averaged 18 a game. Uh, not that I think he's going to have to do that for the nuggets or will do that for the nuggets, but I thought that was at a, a, a nice, you know, pickup as far as buyout uh, pickups go. But again, this is a team that has the best player in basketball, arguably. Jamal Murray looks like a co-star again. Aaron Gordon, I thought, honestly, I thought he was more deserving of, of being an all-star than Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, you know, uh, then- Tim Connolly made a bunch of really smart, shrewd moves as the mm-hmm. president GM before he got poached away to the Wolves. When he signed that Aaron Gordon contract, it was a four-year, $92 million extension. And they, you know, they had given up some stuff for him. Although RJ Hampton, what they, you know, the yeah, he prime, just got waved. Yeah, yeah, that ended up looking pretty. They gave good. up. They gave up one first round pick. Right. They gave up for. Yeah, but there were some people who thought Hampton would be a decent player. Anyway, they signed him to a twenty three million dollar a year deal, and that there was some kind of some eyebrow raising whether about, about that contract. That contract now looks pretty good, and he did it knowing he was probably going to have to pay Michael Porter Jr. head into luxury tax. So it was a bit of a risk contract, but I didn't mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to say that. about no, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just running down the, the basically the roster. We've mentioned the additions of KCP and Bruce Brown. Um, I've been impressed with, with Porter, the way he has played and uh, probably even more so the way that he is handled the situation of, Hey, he's not always going to close games depending on, uh, you know, depending on the game, depending on the lineup that Michael Malone wants to play. I think Michael Malone is one of the better coaches in the league as well. I go through all this to tell you, as talented as the Suns are, the West stills going to have to go through Denver. It's going to have to go through the number one seed with the best home record in the NBA. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Well, 
I think that there's no player with more on the line in the playoffs this year than Nikola Jokic in the NBA. I think if you, like I was texting with some people about this last night. If you were just picking guys, you're going to start, you have to win 16 games. You're picking guys across the league. Right now, how far down the list are you going before you pick Jokic? Jokic was one of the last players taken in the All-Star game. Well, set that aside. Well, that's, that that's not quite the same. Listen, I, I hear what you're saying. No, but I'm just like, is he, but is he he's still top? awfully high? Yes, he's still awfully high. I don't think right? he's in my top five because I'm not mm. sure I can win in the playoffs with a center. And I'm not sure I can win in the playoffs like we've talked before with a center that's bad on defense. And we'll okay, set aside now, whether he's off. Now, now I'm, I, let me let me call bull spit on, on this real quick. Last year was the first time that Jokic has been in the playoffs. They didn't win at least one series, right? And they didn't, they they had two max guys who weren't in uniform. Like, they, oh, and by the way, oh, yeah, they didn't win a series. Jokic only averaged 31, 13, and six. Like, I understand. Other I understand. than that, other than I, that, they've gone to the second round every single, you know, the, the other three years, including the West Finals one year, when, by the way, when they got through Utah, Jokic hit a tough, tough turnaround. They ended up being the game seven winner over Rudy Gobert. I'm just going to tell you, Jokic's playoff numbers, and I know you can say, well, the defense, blah, blah, blah. Jokic's playoff numbers, 26.4 points, 11.5 rebounds, 6.4 assists uh, on, on really good efficiency. My point is this. Let's not act like Nikola Jokic is shriveled up during the playoffs, okay? I, I never – I hold on. Well, that was a lot of ranting about something I didn't say, which <laughs> you implied. I never said. You, you implied. No, no, no. I never said he. I never said he like pulled a James Harden in the playoffs. I never said that. I was at those games in the bubble. He was great there. However, they've gotten out. Of, they got out of the first round and lost as a higher seeded team, I believe, to Portland in two thousand the the year before the bubble. They had that those was two a classic classic series against Portland. Was didn't Portland win that game seven on the road in Denver? Let me look, but that was the triple yes. overtime. Was it a triple overtime game? I, think, I don't think it series? was. There was that was that was a crazy series, but I'm pretty sure Portland won game seven on the road uh, it in was, that series. It was uh, it was a six game. Portland won in six. six. Portland won in six. So Portland, yeah. a you know, a pretty mediocre Portland team. They won. In, wait a minute. I'm sorry. In 2019, Portland won in seven. And, and they played so, them again in, in uh, 21, and Portland won in six. Got it. They lost to okay. Portland twice. Got right, it. In 21 point, without Murray, I'll say. Right. <clears throat> right. Well, right. Obviously, he wasn't playing then. But if you win three MVPs in a row, and you're the number one seed in the West, this is my point. If you win three MVPs in a row, which Jokic is on pace to do, if you're the number one seed in the West, in a Western conference that, as we've talked about many times, is as wide open as we've ever seen a conference in the league, Right. This year, Denver has to win at least two rounds. They have to at least get to the conference finals. They have to be a team that's got a chance to be in the NBA finals. If they play, say, Golden State in the first round, and they lose to Golden State in the first round, totally hypothetical situation, then it's going to completely color how people look at Nikola Jokic going forward. Like, there's there's just no question about that. You can't You can't have the accolades that he has, whether it's fair or not, and not have postseason success now without it radically shaping how people look at him. Now, if they win two or three rounds, say they make the NBA finals, right? Then the like opinions on him are going to totally change. Because look, I think if right now, if you're trying to win 82 games, it's pretty hard to argue that your first pick shouldn't be Nikola Jokic. He's pretty obviously the best yeah. regular season player in the league. The question now is where does he rank? If you're trying to win 16 games and these playoffs are really, like you said, they've had injuries. They've sort of been in a time lock. He's been awesome. This spring is his chance to prove he should be at the top of that list. And I think if you ask people around the NBA right now, he's not one of your top three or four picks. And and where he is right now in that sense reminds me of the situation that arguably the, the two other best European products in basketball history, at least NBA history, we're in. And I'm, I'm referring to Dirk and Giannis. And you know, we've made the Giannis comparison, and the Bucks fans keep reminding me about how I said, hey, it's tough to give a guy three straight MVPs if he hadn't taken his team to the finals yet, despite the fact it's a regular season award and that's playoff success. I still, it, It's still tough. 
I stand by that. It's just, I, I mean, at some point, like, dude, the, the evidence on the, on the regular season this year is overwhelmingly in Jokic's favor. And then Giannis obviously shut all that up by not just mm-hmm. leading the Bucks to uh, a championship, but, you know, coming back from injury and having one of the most dominant finals, especially the, the dominant finals closeout game that, that we've ever seen. But, I mean, Dirk, remember, it wasn't until 2011, you know, whatever, 12, 13, however many years it was in Dirk's career that people shut up about the soft hero stereotype. And all he had to do was be the lone all-star on a championship team that knocked off Kobe's two-time defending champion Lakers. You know, this super team forming in Oklahoma City. The, the, this, you know, the super friends Miami Heat in their first year together. Well, Dirk made a run through that and, and you know, sang an off-key rendition of We Are the Champions, and suddenly people shut up about the soft hero stereotype. But even though, and Dirk had some significant playoff failures, 06 finals, 07 first round against the We Believe Warriors, but he was a 25-10 guy in the playoffs, and people acted like he he shriveled up in the postseason. when It, it wasn't true, but it was the perception. So if you want to talk about damn – the reality, the perceptions, what matters. I hear what you're saying about Jokic and, and the playoffs. Yeah, because like to be clear, I'm not saying he's he's personally performed badly or disappeared in games or anything like that. It just to me, it comes down to like we've talked about so many times. Can can a player of his archetype push a team forward in the playoffs now? Like even a guy like Dirk. Dirk's one of my favorite players to watch ever. Well, his archetype is going to be three time M- MVP. Well, that's the archetype. I, I, I understand. <laughs> and and, which is and why... one of the most unique players in NBA history. Like he's a Dirk Larry Bird blend as far as yeah. offensive style. Like we haven't, you know, it's a seven foot point guard who shoots 63% from the floor while averaging a triple double. Like we haven't seen this before. Well, well yes, I... but I'm talking about centers in particular and specifically a center who's not very good on defense. That's just, that's not something that has really ever won a title. And Look, if he goes through the playoffs this year and they win the title or they make the finals, he's going to erase any doubts about that, obviously. But that's why, to me, in terms of perception of him going forward these playoffs, I don't think there's another player in the league who's got more riding on it from an outside perspective than him. Obviously, he doesn't pay attention to any of that stuff. Where do the Nuggets rank right now in defense? I'm, I'm asking. I'll look it up, but I, I want to I clarify something because I don't want the Nuggets fans coming after me. They lost to Portland in seven and 19 in 2021. They won that series right, and that then lost the Suns. the Suns in four. And in the series against Portland, Jokic was awesome. Like mm-hmm. average, like 30. Yeah, none 11. of this is about Be Jokic. Clear. None of this is about Jokic play, scoring five points a game. Nobody's saying that. I, I, when, when I do make mistakes, which I do, people claw over broken glass to get to me, to tell me I made a mistake. Uh, here we For go, example, here we go, I am in Arizona where there is a 2% state income tax. A few weeks ago, I said there was no state income tax. Having lived in New York, it felt like 2% was no income tax, but it is 2%. So I want to apologize to all the taxpayers of Arizona where I am currently. Uh, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing way, right now? By the way, Nikola Jokic, the, the, this awful defender, and I'm going to get super nerdy with you. Defensive block, defensive box plus minus this season. Number one in the league, Nicole. Yeah, Jokic. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm just telling I, you. I well, listen, the, I brought up I will a few use weeks my ago. eye test instead of the stats with Nicole Jokic on defense. I don't well, think your eye test player. <laughs> your your eye test. You look in the mirror every morning. Your eye test is. <laughs> I mean, it is broken, dude. Okay, boss. This is like a few weeks ago when I brought up that the Nuggets were the number one clutch defense in the league, and Bon Temps just smothered me, just completely threw me out the window on that one, but. I agree with you, Bonds. I kind of hopped on the bandwagon it. there just because it was fun. I, let me just say, the thing about Jokic in a playoff series, he can play a lot of minutes. He never really seems to wear out. Even when he was heavier, he didn't no. seem to wear out. Mm-hmm. Never gets hurt. Gen- never even like twists an ankle. He's just out there right. doing his thing all the time. He, he generally doesn't get into foul trouble. He, so he's able to play a lot of minutes. So he is a quintessential workhorse. So... That profile, along with a team that is the deeper and more multifaceted than he's had in the past, mm-hmm. that profile is something that should be able to be the old war horse through four yep. playoff rounds. 
No question. Uh, he has the profile to do it. I believe he can do it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure his team will all deliver. I, cause I have no idea what you're getting from Michael Porter jr. From no. a game one to a game two, much less from a first quarter or a fourth. No, quarter. I mean, to McMahon's point earlier in clutch time situations, I would hope that he's on the bench and Bruce Brown is playing. That's probably their best lineup when they're deep in the playoffs. Cause Michael Porter is just going to get torched on defense every time. Yeah. So, but I will say this, like, when when he wins the, the third MVP, because the straw poll was extraordinarily firm that that was pointed in that direction. And yep. I'm curious to uh, see if there's a little backlash to how much of a lead he had, because one of the most consistent things I heard being in Salt Lake City was shock at just how big a lead he yeah. had, which is what we talked That's about, too. Was, yeah. And I do wonder if there's some pushback in the other direction. Now, Giannis has got this wrist thing. He's probably got the best chance to catch him. Yeah, Jokic yeah who knows win. who knows how much time he misses you know right um right also Embiid who you guys know how I feel about Embiid the the, the the Sixers have the number one hardest schedule left no matter whose metric you look at they have the hardest schedule so listen that's a risk reward thing Embiid has maybe upward mobility there but I don't think the sun I don't think the Sixers are uh uh a, a, a perfect uh, team I think they're gonna Jokic, take some losses yeah for sure Jokic is almost certainly gonna win bars and you know you Jokic doesn't get hurt. So I have no doubt he's going to go right through the tape. Um, and they're in position to, to not have to kill themselves down the stretch. It's all setting and, up. And, and Jokic is starting to chase stats. I'm telling you, Chase had triple double against the Mavericks. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're not the only person who's brought that up to me either, McMahon. But the fact, but you know, I mean, but you want to know when the guy gets a triple no, double. No, for sure. For sure. Easy stat. And like well, I said, they, he's, they have he's, a good record no matter what happens. They have a good record when he doesn't get a triple for sure. Too. I mean, he's great. He's fun to watch. I love watching him play. I, I've always liked great passing big men. He's the greatest passing big man of all time. Like, I, I think Denver's great. I just let, I just think there's a ton of elite, you know, at least mm-hmm. from an outside perspective standpoint. I just think it's all of them to win. And your point about their home court record is there too, big man. Like, they're dominant at home. Like, this is yeah. all set up for them to be in the NBA finals. Now, let's see if they can get there. Except for the fact that the Suns just traded for Kevin Durant. (laughs) Well, and Steph Curry's out there and all these other teams. But I just mean, like, they're the number one seed in a wide open West with a great home record and the likely three-time MVP. That that should be a team with a profile to at least win a couple series. So, All right. So speaking of the West, a team that didn't think the Nuggets were a problem, I don't mean to – I don't mean to pile on that quote from from Ja. It's, you know, it's kind of what I expect. Well, it's what happens if you say I'm fine in the West, you better be fine in the West. And it ain't the first time that John Moran and the Grizzlies have put a massive bullseye on themselves. Like this is, it's, it's not, it's not like, Oh, that quote came from outer space. That's, that's, (laughs) this is who they are. This is what they do. It wasn't Nicole Jokic saying we're fine in the West. That would have been a thunderclap (laughs) out of of the blue. (laughs) Well, the thing about it was, was that he had the chance to roll it back on a couple of occasions and no, only yeah. doubled and tripled down. <laughs> so he goes up, he goes up the chimney. He ain't coming back down. No, that's, <laughs> that's right. I was there for that uh, one too, man. Uh-huh. They are, they are a legendary quote machine, the Grizz. Uh, so McMahon, the Grizzlies have, they wheezed to the break. Um, yes. They <laughs> lost their mojo. Uh, now they have a reset in your mind. Where are the Grizzlies? to give a, to give a fair assessment of where they're at right now. I mean, they ran into Shannon Sharp and just fallen apart since then. Maybe something to do with the fact that uh, Stephen Adams banged his knee up and they, they missed Stephen Adams, but that four and nine going into the all-star break. The um, stats before and after that thing are wild across. Yeah. The and, and again, I, I think we can probably correlate it with Stephen Adams. Yeah, for sure. More than, more than any impact of a, uh, of a guy wearing a, really expensive and ugly cardigan sweater. Yeah, that's um, my point. It's like, you don't think about Stephen Adams being that important, but like you look at their numbers, they have cratered at both ends ever since then. Yeah, which is interesting because I think they're, and we saw last year uh, against the Timberwolves, Stephen Adams basically got played out of that series. So, you know, while he's- I mean, he's, incredible- he's a high level role player, but he is a role player. I mean- Oh, 100%. He, yeah. I mean, they should not- player. I understand like a huge part of their offense of system is based around the offensive rebound. And Steven Adams is one of the best offensive rebounders mm-hmm. of the last decade, 
but they should not fall to pieces just because he's no, out. He's, and he's also one of the best screeners. Um, yeah, I think he's a yeah. he's a better run blocker than Shannon Sharp ever was. Probably nowhere <laughs> nowhere near the the, the pass well, receiver. That but. was a defining characteristic from that moment. Is uh, you know, is that Shannon Sharp not only did not want any piece of Stephen Adams, but also didn't want didn't say a word about him afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, John Morant, you want some? I mean, Dylan Brooks was hey. There's some risk involved there. T Morant, like T. <laughs> Bro, just go, go. Please take a seat. Calm down, sir. You're damn near my age. Um, not Shannon Sharp's older, but I, I don't can't tell you the last time I benched 400 like he's doing on a regular basis. Oh, wait, never. Um, <laughs> and I assure you, neither is T. Um, but yeah, Stephen Adams. That that's one that uh, it's like when when there was the Pacers uh, Grizzlies beef that obviously went way too far post game. Um, but James Johnson, Stephen Adams, like nobody wanted to see that because there's it, it, that's like a, an Avengers clash type of thing. No one wants to see that fight. Also, like, how does Stephen Adams hair came out and was like he had his long hair down his uh, his um, Stephen Adams is actually half Tongan, South South uh, South Pacific Islander. Mm-hmm. Um, he had his Tongan mane was down his back somehow what? in that altercation. His his hair came out and his hair it was like he was ready for battle. It was like those, those flapping in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> but again, getting back to the basketball stuff, yes, they missed Stephen Adams. But dude, culturally, there are some concerns, some pretty significant concerns right now with the Grizzlies, and we love the talk and the air against the the quotes and all that stuff. It it feels like okay, is it, is, it, is this is this is the is the main thing still the main thing in Memphis? They need Pat, the, Pat they need Riley. a refocus. Yes, they need a refocus there. Um, job man, one of the most exciting players in the league, like uh, an All NBA player without question. I, it just feels like there's too much going on that's not about basketball right now. Well, and and to go back to the you know I'm fine in the West quote. You can talk a lot, but you better win. You know, yeah. Golden State has spent years talking all the time. Steph's dancing all the time. Draymond's yapping all the time. Clay's walking around putting up, you know, four or five fingers to to the Suns after that game earlier this year. But you can talk all the time when you have four rings. You've been to the finals right. six times. And you have one of the great dynasties in NBA history. The Grizzlies haven't got out of the second round. And they're in danger of becoming the Lob City Clippers another team that talked a lot, mm-hmm. another team that kept losing in the second round of the playoffs and eventually became kind of a punchline. And that's when you talk a lot, that's the line you walk. And again, sort of a similar thing to Denver. They've got a ton of young talent. They've been up near the West, top of the West again this year. Jaws, you know, Giannis called the most electrifying player in the league when he drafted him. That's certainly my opinion. They're super fun to watch. I love that they talk like they do, but again, West is wide open. You're one of the top two seeds. Are you going to back it up in advance? Or are you going to lose in the first or second round? And if they do, they're going to go into next year with a lot of questions about, you know, just what their ceiling is as a team. Well, and and their biggest, if we want to just focus purely on basketball, they're not a good half-court offensive team. Nope. They're, they're a, a mediocre half-court offensive team. And obviously, out in transition with Jaw running the show like they're lethal. But it, as playoff series, you know, we felt the, the, it's hard to play that fast in the playoffs. They're going, you're going to have to grind out possessions. And, you know, they went out and got Luke Kennard to give them another shooter. Um, but, the, you know, that's a, that's a pretty significant concern as well. They're, they're the worst offensive team. Uh, probably it's going to be in the West playoff picture. And they were aggressive at the deadline too. I mean, they didn't get a lot done, but they were trying on stuff. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, Zach Lyman was trying to make that team better. I think they saw that they had an opening if they could make the right move. They didn't get it moved on, but you know, I think they know that there's an opportunity there and that they're in a position where they better take advantage of. Okay. Well, they they definitely uh I mean their their pressure won't really come until the postseason, but they definitely mm. need to um, need to look at it, uh, you know, and I will say this, Steven Adams might want to consider extension talks because he, he just signed one. 
He signed like a one-year extension. I don't even think is he even allowed to extend again? I don't. I'm not sure he is. Oh, he signed the extension right before the season. I thought he signed it last yeah. year. Yeah, no, he signed. I'm pretty sure he signed it before the right. season. Well, I'm looking it up right anyway. Now. What what a terrible agent I, you are. <laughs> um, by the way, Ja Ja was complaining a little bit uh, before the break about all the na- oh, the national media just pounces on the Grizzlies when there's a losing streak. They don't pay attention when anybody else has a losing streak. And I, I checked with uh, the Elias Sports Bureau and, and ESPN Stats and Information. This is a record for the quickest turn from complaining about we don't get any national attention to <laughs> national media hates on us all the time. It is a, it is a record in any sport. We've never seen it turn that quickly. <laughs> well, that's the nature of it. Um, all right. Uh, the Golden State Warriors made a pretty significant move at the deadline, obviously moving James Wiseman, not because it changed their team that much, but because it indicated as Bontemps has said that the two track uh, uh, plan was being set aside because they had this idea that the, they could you know, transition to the Moses Moody, Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga core from the, you know, Draymond, really the Draymond, you know, they were really kind of trying to set up saying goodbye to Draymond. I think, I think that's what that's was code for because Draymond can opt out this summer. Um, that now doesn't appear to be the case. The question is, can they still get everything together this season? And I don't think we have the answer to that yet. And I still think after everything that's gone on, they're a 500 team. They have basically been a 500 team for three months. Maybe they, fall three games below 500, they get back to 500. Maybe they crawl three, four games above 500. They go back to 500. They basically then win one, lose one for months on end. Anthony Slater has a running, a running tweet that he tweets every time they get back to 500. It's about 20 lines long now, right? He's going to run out of space. He's going to have to buy the Twitter subscription to keep that going. (laughs) Um, The already has a Tesla. (laughs) um, The, Thing about it is, when a team says who they are, you kind of believe them. So if they are a 500 team through 60 games, typically I would say that's a 500 team. But then you say, well, wait a minute, Curry's had two injuries and Clay wasn't right at the beginning of the season. And, and you know, when they're all assembled and, you know, the fangs are out, like they're still potent. When, but, when Steph Curry... Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, and Draymond Green are on the court. 331 minutes. Golden State is outscoring teams by 22 points per 100 possessions. That's pretty good. Yeah. That Wiggins injury, like, too, was bad. You also, like, when a team tells you who they are, you believe them. Like, are we confining that to a one season or three-quarters of a season sample size, or are we expanding that to an era? Well, because this team has told us they're champions four times. That's a great point. That's a great point. So, yeah. So, you, t- you know, I'm talking from 10,000 feet. You go back to 30,000 or 60,000, whatever you right. want to do with this metaphor. Well, the McMahon's point, good. I am not pick. I'm picking Golden State to win every series they're in until they don't at this point, based off of who's mm-hmm. in the West. Is, do either or either you picking against them if they're obviously assuming they're healthy or either you picking uh, against them in a series in the West? If if they're the eight seed, uh, and I've seen the, you know I've seen the We Believe Warriors as an eight seed win, but if they're the eight seed going to Denver, I'm not picking the Warriors in that series. Mm, I will pick. I will pick Golden State to win that series. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know what? It'd be a fun series to see. I'm, I'm not. I'm not betting a mortgage payment on it or anything. But I'm still scrolling to find a lineup that has a better plus, uh, better net rating than Golden State. I'm on like the third well, page. I'm waiting to see if I can find it. Nobody's debating that. It's just. Debating I'm just, I'm just genuinely. Lineup... I'm just genuinely curious to see how low I have to go before somebody's got better than a 21 net rating in terms of okay. played. So, but here's the here's the. Here's the thing. So what's the, how many consecutive series have they won a road game? It's That's like a good point too. somewhere, 20, somewhere approaching, somewhere approaching the LeBron stat. I think they passed LeBron. They might I have. They did. Um, I was, I was, I was all, I was the guy who used to track that LeBron stat. Uh, and I've now forgotten what it was. It was like 25 or 26. I think the Warriors 
<clears throat> past it consecutive series with at least one road win. So by the way, fun then, little thing the, the 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 team that does have a better net rating than I finally got to was the the former starting lineup for the Suns, which was plus twenty five in seventy five minutes, which was like wow. six pages in. So yeah. the thing about it's the been Suns, the best lineup in the league. The Suns, despite kind of being looking at each other sideways to start the season, they started the season fifteen and six, um, and then the team went completely sideways with injuries and then they blew up yeah. the roster and everything. But you know, that, you know, they don't have the same track record obviously as the warriors, but there's a, there's an excellent team inside the suns there too, when they're all together. Um, so here it is. Uh, this was uh, going into the finals and they won one in the finals. Uh, 20, 27 is the number. Well, thanks dude. I did all that damn <laughs> research freaking like, <laughs> Listen, I I've think LeBron like search and, and slack. This is a minor miracle. And you stole my thunder. <laughs> I think the, um, the, the LeBron record was 25. Um, and the warriors were the ones who ended it in his last series in Cleveland when they swept him for. Yeah. Now the, the flip side of this, and this gets back to, you know, how big of a sample size are you going to believe this season versus this era is the Warriors right now. Their road record is seven and 22 teams that are worse than that. Houston Rockets, San Antonio Spurs, Detroit Pistons. So what do we believe? Do we believe the 10,000 feet or do we believe the 30,000 feet? That's kind of the Western Conference this year, right? Well, it's the Warriors this year. Yeah. Um, so. I, before we move to the East, I want to real quick take a look at the uh, the Clippers uh, with the decision to, to sign Westbrook. Um, <laughs> this, this the Clippers are pretty much admitting that Paul George drove this drove yeah. this decision, um, and you know from what I understand, you know they were you know internally they were against it at the start. Paul pushed for it publicly and privately. Mm -hmm. uh, Kawhi supported it and they looked more into it and they were like, well, you know, there, there are some things he could potentially help us with. And, you know, one of the things that is a factor for us is we tend to kind of get a little low fee. Um, and, you know, this is a guy who potentially could, you know, they talked themselves into it as a long story yeah. short. Now, Lawrence Frank in his meeting with the media tried to make it very, very clear that the role was we were he, I think he's I think he used two varies. We were very, very tr uh, honest with with Russ about what his the role definition. And I was like, OK, cool. It makes sense. But there's some speculation. I, we, I on Monday uh, when I was with Spears and Goldsberry, the concept of Russ starting came up <laughs> and I was, I almost fell out of my chair, but. And you got one of those good chairs that allows you to do the, uh, <laughs> you know, the little double fingers thing while you're leaning back. So it takes a lot to get you out of that chair. Uh, but Bontemps, I think you think there's a chance they are going to start. Yeah. I mean, look, the stars on the team advocated for I mean, I guess we don't know exactly what Kawhi said, but I'm sure if Kawhi said, I don't want this guy on my team, they wouldn't have signed him. Paul right. George was certainly loudly advocating for him to start and they're starting Terrence Mann. Now, do I think Terrence Mann is better than Russell Westbrook? Yes. Would I rather have Terrence Mann playing than Russell Westbrook? Yes. Would I have signed Russell Westbrook? Absolutely not. But the Clippers stars wanted Russell Westbrook. They signed him. My guess is he's going to get a chance to start. Now, well, I don't think that will end happen. well, but that's my guess. Hey, anytime two superstars in L.A. say they want Russell Westbrook on their team, it's pretty much a guaranteed recipe for success, right? Oh, and then uh, you ask him to accept a smaller role. We've seen how well this works in the past. Yeah, Darvin Ham's comments on Russ signing with the Clippers were clipped, as best I can say. Um, the thing I would say is, okay. Was that was that pun intended? Yes. Uh, the The... You can't say that you can't impress on him that he's got a limited role and then let him start because then what do you do if it doesn't work? Well, look, I mean, here, there's a couple things, right? A couple things about this. I've obviously <laughs> been very loud from the moment the Lakers traded for Russ that it was an absolute disaster for many reasons. I do think this situation could actually maybe work out decently 
for the Clippers. A, he's on a minimum. If it's a disaster, you can cut him in theory and just get rid of him. It's not like they're worried about the money. It's not like they're worried about his contract. They can just dump him if it doesn't work. The Clippers have a team, as you guys both know, with a ton of wings, a lot of floor spacing, a lot of shooting, not too different than what they were doing in Houston, right? Like, man, they could just have him go downhill, get to the paint, kick it out to shooters. There is at least a better offensive structure in place there for him. And in theory, mm-hmm. because the vets on the team and the stars on the team are bought in, if he is, say, playing off the bench in 20 minutes a game, and they do just keep starting Terrence Mann, then he can be a little bit of a change of pace, you know, change up for them. And mm-hmm. it's not asking him to play 35 minutes a game. If he does come in and is starting and is playing 35 minutes a game and is on the, the court in the fourth quarter of playoff games, right? that will be bad. But if he does actually agree to be a change of pace off the bench, playing 50 minutes a night in playoff games, I do think in a limited role on this roster, it could actually work out okay. But I'm skeptical that's the role he's going to be in. I would agree with that, but like having him on the court to start and finish games with two wings who are going to have the ball in their hands the vast majority of the time makes zero sense. And you think about the point guards that uh, you know were, were linked to the Clippers going into the, uh, to the trade deadline. You know, they're guys like Fred Van Vliet, Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, guys who are perfectly comfortable getting you in your offense and then and then playing off the ball you know guys who are you know threats as spot up shooters like that's the opposite of what russ is so role definition and acceptance is going to be absolutely essential to this being something that you know i don't know if russ is going to push them over the finish line or anything but okay in a limited specific role I see what you're saying. Bon Tim said he could help. Russ is like, you know, oh, he, you know, the Clippers' new big three. Boy, that's a disaster. Who said that? Instagram. I'm pretty sure I can find you some uh, some photoshops from some of the, uh, some Disney sponsored I mean, look, accounts. <laughs> I I will admit that there is a window of opportunity for this to work, but I will also say. Terrence, they had, the Clippers had just been starting to play some of their best basketball. Terrence Mann just had one of his best games of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the last game before the break against the Suns, who had been hot. It was a real quality when he played great. You know, they had just cleared out yeah. their point guard position. Yeah. And so now you are already probably messing with him by, I mean, he's your, he's a the guy they've signed. I'm not saying he's their point guard of the future, but he's, he signed an extension. It's kicking in next year. <laughs> I just question, but you know, I guess there's a window that it could work. And the, and the most important thing when it comes to Westbrook is that the Lakers traded three quality players and a first round pick for him and paid him 45, whatever it was, 47 million this year, destroying their cap flexibility. So when he didn't work out there, the, the crater was enormous. The there is no skin in the game for the Clippers other than the right. recent momentum that they have had, and so you know it is the completely and they, different. And, and they had Westbrook coming off the bench, so maybe the Clippers will be able to say to him, "Look, come in and come off the bench and play and 15, there, 20 minutes a game for us." There were games this year where Westbrook helped the Lakers off the yeah, bench for sure. It, and it Westbrook happened. Westbrook got too much blame in L.A. There's no doubt about that. Also. Like if you're going to blame Westbrook, you got to you have to blame LeBron and AD. They're the ones who wanted him there in the first place. Listen, that that defeat that defeat had many fathers. No matter who wants to yeah. step up and handle. But, but look, the, 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 I was just going to say the main reason, like we absolutely need to take the Clippers seriously as contenders, is Kawhi is back to being absolutely one of the best players in the league. Last dozen games, he's averaging basically twenty-seven, six, and five, couple steals. Shooting fifty-two percent from the floor, forty-eight percent from three-point range. He's well, back to going to, well, to go back to the convo from the beginning. If they're both healthy, and you know they're healthy, which obviously with Kawhi is a big if. Right. You taking Kawhi? Or you taking Jokic in the playoffs? I'm taking Kawhi. I mean, yeah, you have to take the guy who's who has two Finals MVPs. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And just when you watch Kawhi move as he hunts those mid-range shots mm-hmm. and his lift. It looks like Kawhi Leonard again. Yep. Uh, I, who was the player that said to him, God, who 
was it like two weeks ago who said you ever miss from the mid range? Um, God, who was it? It was caught on mic. Uh, I remember, I remember the, uh, what you're talking about. I think it was DeRozan. Was it DeRozan? No, no, it was some younger player. It was some younger player. DeRozan is one of the few guys who might be better than him. I was going to say DeRozan, DeRozan, Durant, there ain't many. But the, but my favorite part it was it was okay. caught on the mic during the game and he said hey do you ever miss from mid range and Kawhi goes yeah yeah the conversation yeah um, it was accurately parked up on the mic um, all right before we move to real quickly looking at some pressure team in the East uh, Bon Temps you have trivia you can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is, all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Now it's time for our Hoop Collective Trivia. Yes, very simple. There, uh, there are 10 players, now including Austin Acupo, who lead their franchise all-time in points and assists. Who are they? LeBron. Was, okay, do it again. I was sorry. I was trying to look up Kawhi. You ever miss? Giannis he was trying, became, to, he was trying to look Gian, up the answer to the question. Giannis <laughs> became the 10th player to lead his franchise all-time in points and assists uh, recently. Who are the other Nine guys. LeBron this is, is one of them. Nine. Nine. They're that's they're not. These aren't exactly secret names. Uh, does does Kai? Uh, no. Did Dirk lead him in assists just because he played for twenty no. years? No. No, I think it's Derek Harper actually. Okay, yeah. that's all right. Was, let me let let me cheat. I'm not cheating. I'm looking at I'm looking at the teams, and we're going to go about it that way. Um. <laughs> John, John Stockton, you, no, that's not happening. You said LeBron. I'm taking all time. LeBron, LeBron is one. Yeah, you know I, I'm bad at trivia. Not Havlicek, is it? Nope. All right. There's two. Two of these guys. <laughs> Lopez. Are, <I'm> t- <laughs> two of these guys are active players. And LeBron was one of them. Mike three Conley. Of them, three of them. Mike, Mike Conley Mike Con- of Memphis. Mike, yeah. Mike Conley in Memphis. Oh wow, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. We just talked about one of the. We just talked about one of the. uh, This guy's team for a while. Nikola Jokic? No, not him. The other team we talked about after that. Steph. Steph Curry. Okay. Conley, Steph, LeBron. So we got those three. Uh, Giannis four. So we got four of the ten. Four of the ten. You got all the Kyle Lowry. What about Kyle Lowry in Toronto? Uh, Kyle, I don't believe leads in points. I think Demar does, but it's, he's not on the list. Michael, you Jordan. got all the guys who are playing right now. Jordan is fifth one. Reggie Miller's not an indie. Reggie Miller. Reggie really? Miller. Wow. Yeah, yeah I was thinking of guys who played really long, long yes. stretches. Like, it, uh, didn't wait, Wendy no, have Reggie Miller we, like top five in assists yes, all time? We, that's why I was going to say we were doing the top five assists question when but I again, saw him on this list. I, I was saying that. Because he played for 20 years, not because he was right. a great passer. Uh, God, who, who's the Magic's all-time leading scorer? It's not. It's not. It's Dwight Howard. 
No, yeah. Might be Dwight. Might be Dwight Howard, but it's not. By the way, his team in Taiwan has gotten a little brawl. Did you see that? Yeah. I'll give you the other. I'll give you the other uh, teams for the to expedite this thing along. Wait, wait, Miami. wait, wait, wait. Oh, I was going to say Westbrook, but he didn't. He didn't score. Not Westbrook. No. Not Westbrook. Okay. Gary Payton. All right, go ahead. Oh, Miami Gary. is one of the teams. Oh, Hardaway. Tim Hardaway. No. What? Banana Boat Crew. Guy. Oh, oh. Uh, no, duh, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Detroit. Yeah, he, was, he was pretty good. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, Minnesota. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. And this is the one that's sort of a trick question. Sacramento. Oscar Robertson. There you go. That's the list. Oh, that is a trick question. And he got it right away. Yeah. Well, sort of a trick of question is a pretty good Cincinnati. Hit. Yeah. Kings. Also, I just made my maiden voyage to Sacramento's new arena. Beautiful new arena. Fun. It is a really it is a really nice spot to watch again. Really, really lonely as far as the rafters go. And look up and there's like, I forgot, what is it? Like a, a Rochester or some, maybe, I don't know. Some really is like, boy, that was. That, that's Rochester Royals, sound. man. Yeah, Rochester yeah. Royals. The beam, that's where actually the, they store the beam is behind the Rochester Royals banner. <laughs> and then they bring it out. Speaking uh, of uh, speaking of Sacramento, because you were there to watch the beginning of the the Luca Kyrie bromance. How is uh, how was LeBron's open recruiting of Kyrie? over the weekend received in Dallas, but man. Well, they're mad at Wendy right now. They're mad at Wendy because uh, we can't – Kyrie politely asked us not to uh, ask any questions about this until after the season. So that means certainly should be off topic or off limits <laughs> for discussion. And when Wendy made one of his – you know, put some makeup on and went on TV and pointed out the obvious that uh, LeBron was blatantly recruiting Kyrie during this time. So, you know, Wendy, I think – People feel like you're just trying he, to kind he, of usher, usher Kyrie. Can, can you just have you packed Kyrie's bags for him? Like, are you booking flights for him? They think you're like his travel agent trying to get the him que- to LA. The question for Kyrie is, are his bags unpacked? Um, LeBron st- basically stopped just short of complimenting Kyrie's hair. He was like, oh, what? He's, he's well, just hair a is a sensitive subject guy. with LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like the I love the way he's wearing his hair. Like that was <clears throat> that was like just short of the way uh, that would like, look so Kyrie, nice in that California sun. Kyrie, <laughs> have you lost weight? You um, do you have a new stylist, Kyrie? Like he was he was <laughs> he was going all out. Um, no, my favorite part, and Bontemps pointed this out. My favorite part of LeBron's postgame press conference was when he goes, "What a great All Star weekend." <laughs> When he didn't yeah. arrive until Sunday. Oh, it's great. Didn't, and, Shout and out to Salt Lake City it. for a great all-star weekend. It's like, you're here for six hours. Six <laughs> hours you were here. What are we talking about? Then I was cracking up because yes, uh, they had practice on Wednesday. He got excused. Somebody texted me. He goes, wasn't he in all, all, Utah for six hours? I was like, yes, he was. Well, like, he was in Cabo or wherever for a lot longer than that. <clears throat> listen, when you're LeBron, you can do whatever you want. Um, but yeah. Most uh, important 23 look, I'm not... games in his life. <laughs> That was a, it was yeah. a, it was a, it was a wild quote day for LeBron. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, we only have time really for one Eastern conference team here. So who's, which Eastern conference teams under the most pressure. I, I do think Milwaukee has some. Well, there's two teams, Milwaukee and Philadelphia. They're both I want, in the I same want to, spot. I, I want to talk about Philly. I don't think they're quite in the same okay. spot. Because I do admit that Giannis has a contract extension coming well, look, up. If this they off play, season. if they play in the second round, you've got Chris Middleton who's going to be a free agent. You got Brooke Lopez who's going to be a free agent. Do we you got honestly Drew Holiday with one year left on his deal? They lose in the second round. Who knows what happens with that? Team? Do they? Do we honestly believe that Chris Middleton is opting out of forty million? Let's see what happens the next four months. If he scored twenty five a game the final couple months of the season and plays great in the playoffs yeah i could see him opting out and getting a bunch of money this summer sure and and there will be a market for him like listen if yeah let's say Kyrie yeah and the mavericks would have to do some pretty significant financial maneuvering to be positioned to pursue chris middleton in free agency but like plan b is cap space if it's not if i guess plan b is probably plan a is long term with Kyrie. Plan B is probably bird rights in a sign and trade being a value. Plan C, the fallback plan, is is cap space. They'd have to honestly, they'd probably have to move Bertons or Hardaway to to be able to do this. But 
Do I think they would pursue Chris Middleton? Absolutely, especially considering Jason Kidd has coached him and has a relationship with him. Even if you want to say it's a slightly different situation, the point is right now those two teams are lined up to play in the second round. And if they do, I'll tell you right now, I'll be covering that series because that's going to be an Armageddon series for one of those franchises. Oh, it must be a big series. Hey, if we put long temps on it, it must be. Well, I'm just saying, I... I'm just saying those those two that two three matchup. I whoever's playing in that two three matchup in the second round in the East, whoever loses that series, with the lesser exception of Boston, I, I just think one of those two teams that they lose early, a lot could happen. To Somehow them. last year when when Boston was playing Milwaukee in the series of the playoffs, I was on and Bontemps was on Philly. That's all I know. Yep. Um, uh, okay, I do I think, think the I Milwaukee, think Wendy just said he big dogged you last year. No, I don't think he did. Somehow Bontemps oh. was on Philly. That's Bontemps. Boston is Bontemps' team. What am I? No, it's my team. Yeah, it was, it was my crazy thing about Philly. About he Bontemps called you the he, world's ugliest chihuahua. He moved away. He moved away from Boston. And then the Celtics immediately got, like, literally, he moved from Boston. And it's they went from being, like, a middling team to, like, championship contender. Right. The, hey, if Bontemps moves this year, the Knicks are going to win the championship. Mm, I think you're safe on that one. Uh, He's so, got a long-term release, that's why. <laughs> two of Milwaukee's five starters and core players are potential free agents this summer, and Giannis has a extension option. And, in, and Drew is one year away from free agency. Like It's all coming right. to a head all at once. Right. And and one of their owners might be selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So uh, you know, and I don't. So I don't know how that is all going to work out. But but I think Philly Philly, Philly certainly. But real quick, Giannis game. has two years left on his deal after this year. It's not quite the pressure point that it would be if he's got one year left. So just right. be clear on that. All right, right. Bon Temps, you're in Philly like every three days. Going to Philly in a couple hours to watch uh, to watch the Grizz tonight. Sixers Grizz to open the second half. Let's see what happens there. Break schedule. Yeah. Um, Harden is a free agent to be, and is playing very well. Didn't make the All Star team, but should have. Play. Yeah. You know, he and Jalen Brunson should have found their way on that All Star team for sure. But okay, it didn't happen. Um, they have, you know, been really good at times, <clears throat> but have also disappointed at times. Yeah, I mean, uh, I make the defi- argument the three best teams in the East in the league are the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. The problem is they're all playing in the Eastern Conference, and therefore one of them's at least not getting out of the second round. Yeah, and so uh, when they play their top ends, like I can absolutely see them winning the East. I just, I just don't know if if you can trust Harden and trust Embiid to stay healthy and trust Tobias Harris and Maxi to deliver. Uh, trust Doc Rivers, quite frankly. Doc Rivers' teams are not known for Doc Rivers has had which... playoff failures. James Harden has had playoff failures. Mm-hmm. Really? I didn't, I wasn't aware. Embiid <laughs> has gotten hurt in the playoffs like every year. Yep. yep. I mean, it's, I can build a case for why they're going to win the East, but there's a lot of potholes that are in that history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, we talked, we opened the show talking about Denver and all the pressure that's on Denver, right? Obviously, it's a bit of a different situation, but there's obviously immense pressure on the Sixers to advance this year. They have, you know, they, Joel, after beating Denver last month, told me it's the best team he's ever been on. I would agree with Which that. Is, I agree. They're deep. Mm-hmm. They're versatile. They can play big. They can play small. The Anthony Melton has been a fantastic piece for them. Putting him in the starting lineup instead of Tyrese Maxey, I think, is a really good move by Doc Rivers, one I wasn't sure Philly'd be able to make. But at the end of the day, if they get into the second round of the playoffs and lose again for the fifth time in six years, with James Harden going into free agency, with Doc Rivers having again failed to advance in the playoffs, you know, you start to stack those things up, this thing could go sideways really fast. And if James Harden walks out the door this summer and goes back to Houston or goes somewhere else and leaves, then where's Joel Embiid with things at that point? Where right. is this roster at that point? Like, it's got, you know, is Doc Rivers still the coach? Like, there's the potential for this thing to go kablooey in a lot of ways. And like you said, they are good enough where if they do play Milwaukee in the second round, I think Philly matches up pretty well with Milwaukee. I think they could win that series. Their best path to get out of the East is to somehow get to the one seed, have Boston play Milwaukee, have Milwaukee beat them, mm-hmm. and then avoid Boston entirely. If they do that, I think Philly's got a really good chance to make the finals. I don't think right now with their schedule and where they sit in the standings, it's likely they could pull that off. But 
you know, there, but yeah, there's, there's immense pressure in Philly. And I think everybody there knows it. And, you know, James Harden, you know, unlike Nicole Jokic, James Harden, as we all know, and as me and McMahon have seen in person many times, has flamed out in huge spots over and over again. So he's got a chance to once again, rewrite his own narrative if he has a big playoffs, but you have to have a huge question mark surrounding his ability to do that. Yeah. Um, I also believe that the Harden situation is one of the more under talked about things what's going on during the season here. It, we are always guilty of looking ahead and there has been very little discussion about Harden, pro- probably because Philly's played generally really well for the last two months. But yeah. Christmas Day, Woj comes out with that story that Houston wants to go back after Harden. And it was like, whoa. And and, and, and and not just that Houston wants to, but like Houston believes it is a legitimate possibility. And it's that's not coming out of thin air. James Harden still spends a lot of time in Houston, spends his summers in Houston, Works out at the Rockets facility on a regular basis. Like it, it, it's a very real possibility. And Harden, by the way, never shot it down. He just said, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. He kind of, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it was kind of like a non denial. Non denial, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, but that's just, it's just, that's gone away. And that, by the way, it's gone away and he's played better and better and better. So, like, he's been really, really good. Really, well, look, really good. But, and, and it's and also Harden, a leverage. It's also a leverage point, right? Like this is the thing. Like yes. Kyrie actually is going to have no. He is to, he let LeBron recruit him to his heart's content because Kyrie wants to apply pressure to the Mavericks to offer a contract right. that nobody else can offer. Okay. Same with Harden. It it, it behooves Harden to have the Sixers thinking he can walk. Because this is a guy who's making less than the max and probably it wasn't getting a five-year. Well, and remember, took a large haircut this year Mm -hmm. to make sure they could sign PJ Tucker. And it's working. And (laughs) it's working. Philly just slipped out of the tax this year. Yeah. And Josh Harris, along with David Blitzer, owns the Sixers, is talking about trying to buy the commanders. They have plenty of money. So this is not a team where the tax should prevent them from signing anybody. So if I'm James Harden, I certainly don't mind the fact that there's people thinking I might leave because then I walk in this summer and say, hey, fellas, I just took this $15 million haircut this year. Let's back up the truck. Give me a nice five-year, 200 whatever million dollar deal. Let's lock this in, right? Or if not, I'll go back to you. I'll go somewhere else. James Harden can find better places to donate his charity money than to the billionaire owners. I can assure you of that. Exactly. Right. You know, it all sets up for him to ask for a bunch of money. And, you know, if Philly makes a deep playoff run, everybody's going to be very happy to do that. They and lose you know in the what? second Hard- round. Who knows? And Harden's handled it great. And honestly, Kyrie, I think so far, it's it's early, but Kyrie's handled it fine. And and basically the way they that Harden is handled is like, dude, I'm not discussing this publicly. I'm going to hoop. The way Kyrie so far has handled it, I'm not discussing this publicly. Like I've said, we'll see how it goes. Looking forward to this season. Figured out this summer. That's that. There's nothing else to say. We're going to hoop. And that's all they, that's how you, you know, if, if you're running the Mavericks and the Sixers short of them professing their loyalty, which it makes zero sense for them to do. Yep. That's how you want them to handle it. Well, and the one, the, the one person we haven't talked about with Philly is Joel Embiid. I've talked to Joel several times about this during the year. <laughs> the thing he says every time is I just want to have one postseason where I don't have some BS freak injury and I can mm-hmm. just play and not have to deal with something and just see how it goes. And as basketball fans, I think we all hope to see Joel not have some, you know, have Markel Fultz run into his face or have his thumb caught on a Jersey or get an elbow accidentally in the face. Like he's just had a series of bad luck injuries and hopefully he, it, he can avoid them this spring and we can see how far they can go. And here's the thing. So somebody is going to get a bad draw in the East. Now, Philly, we talked about how their record is, or their schedule is hard, and they're in third place. Um, <clears throat> they're not far behind Boston and Milwaukee. Milwaukee just lost Giannis for a little while. but They also played Boston twice, including on Saturday. Okay, so I don't, but it, 
it's hard to project with where their schedule is that they're going to get up there. Toronto is making a move. I would not want to see Toronto in the first round. I would not want to see Miami in the first round, but somebody is going to end up across the line from one of those teams. It's going to be a hard first round matchup. Um, Cleveland could end up facing Miami in the first round. And that's a bad matchup for Cleveland, but it could be Philly. Philly could end up with Miami. Philly could end up with Toronto, depending on what happens with the play in and whether they can squeeze into six, which I believe they can because they're playing much better um, since they traded for Pirtle. And then you got the second round series, which is probably either going to be Philly, Boston or Philly, Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. which either of those teams in a lot of years in the last decade would have been far and away the favorites to win the Eastern conference. So then you, and then you're gonna have to play the other team. So somebody is going to draw a brutal run and I'm looking at Philly as the team that I think might draw that. So we're talking about how they need a run and all the, and all the hurdles. They may have the toughest stretch we've seen in the East in a while. So more pressure on them to play well. Well, and it's uh, just one thing we haven't talked about at all, but in the wake of what happened to the deadline with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going West, to me, there's some real pressure on Cleveland too. Like they, they should win a playoff series. Now the idea that they just get in the playoffs and like, Oh, it's a great year. They finally made the playoffs again. This franchise hasn't won a playoff series in 30 years without LeBron James. They are going to be pretty heavily favored to beat any of those teams in the first round, assuming they're in the four or five, they're going to have home court advantage. I think there's going to be some expectations that they do that. And, you know, obviously it's not the same level as you got to get to the finals or the conference finals or things might go completely haywire with your franchise. But let's see how a young team that hasn't really been in that spot handles that because I think they're going to have real expectations now. Well, when you trade your entire future for Donovan Mitchell and if you are able to draw the fourth seed and you have home court and then would be favored, yeah, the expectation would be that you would win that series. So I agree with you. Um, all right. Uh, I got to go to Suns practice. On temps, you got to get to Philly. McMahon, you got to make sure your tan stays even. <laughs> Mavs Spurs tonight, baby. By the way, easiest schedule for the rest of the season. Dallas Mavericks and come out of the break with a six-game homestand that starts with those pesky, pesky tanking Spurs. The At least you don't have to rodeo, travel for a while, McMahon. That's good. The, the the rodeo uh, road trip is continuing for the Spurs and they have yet to win on it. And they were, they didn't win for five or six games before the rodeo road trip. So, uh, uh, so I like the bonus plan. Spurs <laughs> are setting themselves up for uh, Victor Wimbanyama. That's for sure. All right. Uh, thank you to Bruce and Jackson, our producers. Thank you for listening to the hoop collective. We'll talk to you next week. Adios amigos. Adios.